Welcome to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, the founder and CEO of Cannabis Marketing Association. You can connect with me on Instagram at LeeBuff and Twitter at LeeBuff21. I'm also on LinkedIn, and you can find our podcast on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Today's episode is brought to you by Alter Strategies. Custom Instagram filters are a fun way to get lots of organic reach and work great with reels. Get a unique Instagram filter for your brand from Alter Strategies. Don't need one yourself? Alter offers commissions on referrals if you know any brands that do. Call Wes at 866-473-6668. Today's conversation features Matt Shape the Vice President of Operations at Surfside. Matt spent the last decade in and around ad tech, eight of those at Live Intent, a DSP, SSP, and identity tech company. About a year at Ad Marketplace, a search advertising exchange, and he's now at Surfside. Matt is passionate about building for scale and setting people up for success. He currently oversees Surfside's customer success, account strategy, and ad ops teams and has also in the past managed business intelligence, project management, and campaign management functions as well. In his spare time, he has been working on his golf game. He is a huge Boston sports fan and loves cooking and going out to eat. Matt is also a big traveler as well. He has lived in NYC since 2009 and is a current and proud resident of Brooklyn. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, what you do at Surfside, how you got started in cannabis, and we'll start there. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to uh, to be here. So I've been in kind of like the ad tech space now for around a decade. Um, I spent eight years at uh, Live Intent, which is like a DSP and, and SSP uh, based in email. So like a lot of identity, a lot of CRM, first party stuff. Um, and pretty much been in operations the entire time. So I've overseen like ad operations teams, campaign management teams, business intelligence, anything to uh, to try and make the the generation of, of revenue as seamless as possible. Um, and then I, I got connected with uh, with John and, and Michael at, at Surfside around four or five months ago. So I'm, I'm relatively new to, to cannabis marketing specifically. Um, but yeah, doing operations here uh, as as well, and, and overseeing our our ad ops team, account strategy, and customer success. So it's been a a great experience so far. Diving deep into into the world of, of cannabis, which definitely new to me, but I feel like not you know entirely foreign uh, relative to to the the digital marketing that I've been uh, been doing to date. So yeah, it's been it's been a great ride so far. And where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Boston, uh, so I'm a big Boston sports fan still, but I've been in New York since 2009. Um, I went to, to NYU uh, and then kind of like jumped into the, the startup space from, from there. So uh, yeah, still, still kind of Boston roots, I guess, but uh, definitely uh, a New Yorker officially now because it's been over, over a decade. So that's, I think, the, the barometer, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> And um, did you study advertising or marketing at NYU? So I majored in in finance and international business, actually. So so not quite, but I feel like you know we took 
a bunch of classes and then it was definitely trial by fire at, at live intent and like starting off and going really deep and uh, understanding exactly what like D to C marketers uh, are doing the different strategies that they have uh, working with a lot of different brands as well. So it was like a nice full funnel uh, approach where we were doing everything from like brand awareness and, and education down to driving purchases, return on ad spend, and and like how do we maximize lifetime value and all the all the fun marketing metrics and such. So I'd say more of like uh, street smarts of of marketing as opposed to uh, any formal kind of uh, major in, in college or education. Yeah, to- totally understand. And same here. I studied um, psychology and English undergrad, and marketing has changed a lot um, in the last ten years. Definitely, With the emergence of social media. Um, programmatic has changed. I mean, the, the landscape has definitely changed. So can you speak a little bit to what Surfside does and how they help cannabis marketers and um, to programmatic a bit more broadly? I know in the industry, I, I speak with a lot of folks about it and it, it seems like folks either get it or they sort of understand it, but they don't quite get you know the application um, and how to implement it. So can you just speak a little bit to um, the discipline itself, but also what Surfside is doing and how they help cannabis companies. Yeah, definitely. I think really like our our mission is sort of to simplify and unify the marketing stack and make it as easy as possible for cannabis marketers to get a good understanding of both prospective, current, former customers, and then reach them with the right messages. And certainly I think you want to reach all of those different personas with specific messaging that, that actually resonates. So what we've done is, is build like a, a technology stack and platform that has a lot of native integrations um, with different point of sale providers and like e-commerce providers, CRM, uh, to really help our customers understand, again, their perspective and, and current uh, uh, consumers, and then reach them with those those messages. So. Uh, we're, we're and then, and then, and then on top of that, analyze what actually worked and what didn't. And, uh, are we, uh, should we lean in a little bit more? Should we be targeting our, our, uh, best customers with specific ads? Should we be, uh, reaching prospects with net new deals to try and acquire new customers? So, um, I'd say like in ad tech jargon, we are a like customer data platform and a DSP rolled into one, um, so really helping explain what a DSP is for our audience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So demand side platform. So, so basically we have uh, connections into both supply platforms and uh, publishers directly um, across the web. And so we allow our, uh, our, our, our advertisers basically to access different types of, of uh, supply and, and inventory all uh, across the web, both uh on like websites that you know cnn new york times etc of the world um also in in apps uh and across different sorts of of media types as as well so like the kind of standard traditional digital ad the 300 by 250 banner is like the jumping off point but certainly you know today there's a huge focus and emphasis on on video um both online and like you know a youtube or connected TV with partners like uh, Roku or Hulu, et cetera. So um, 
really it's it's almost like the gateway to to buying on on the web uh and and uh, a mechanism to, to help us reach uh relevant audiences wh wherever they're they're spending time across uh, the internet and can you okay so you said you will target um current retarget current customers and also you know seek new leads or prospects walk me through that process like and particularly the when you're so let's talk about both of those one mm -hmm. when you're targeting current customers like are you pulling from those brands uh like databases and their lists and what is that process you go through with them to say okay you know these are your current customers here's what we know that either works or here's what we don't know and how do you like how do you approach that and then also when you're targeting leads or new prospects where do you get that information Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, the brand's most valuable asset in general is going to be their first party data. So like their CRM file um, and with, you know, Surfside's integrations, we can pull that data in, analyze it and understand, okay, like who are the customers that are uh, doing the most repeat purchases or have bought the most in the last 30, 60, 90 days, or frankly bought one time and then never came back um turn that those data points into audiences and then activate uh against the the web so you know i do think in general like the, the it's super super important to leverage that that first party data um because it's it's you know the, the old say it's it's so much cheaper to uh to retain existing customers than it is to acquire a, a, a net new customer um, and there's just so many ways to reach people today, whether that's through email, through text message, through display banners, like I was mentioning before, video, et cetera. So, you know, Surfside specifically, we're definitely helping um, these these brands and, and multi-state operators, single-state operators, et cetera, uh, really get the most out of the data that they've worked so hard to uh, acquire, you know, organically or through or through paid means. So. Yeah, that's definitely a, a huge key, I think, to any kind of cannabis brand's marketing strategy has to be leveraging uh, their their first party data uh, as as effectively as, as possible. And how do you well, and then for new customers, how do you mm -hmm. find them? Like, what's that? How does that process differentiate if there's no first party data there? Yeah, so I think there's a bunch of different ways that we can do it and it will sort of depend on the specific use case you know a favorite of of mine and what i've seen success both in in cannabis and and outside of cannabis is is using like lookalike modeling and so what we'll do there is because we've we've got the integrations with the crm so we have their first party data um they'll say hey here are the five thousand or two hundred fifty thousand highest value uh customers that i have in my database um and then we can run that through a lookalike model and reach uh, people with similar attributes uh, that that are, are not in the in, in said database. So it's 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 a good way to um, prospect and, and you kind of base it off of what you already know, which are, OK, here are my high value customers. But then I'm going to try and reach net net new people um, as uh, that that have like similar sort of whether it's ages. Um, whether it is other demographic data, uh, whether they've made a, a purchase in, in the past, et cetera. There's a lot of different attributes that we'll, we'll basically access.
And this is similar for our audience. So like, this is similar if you've run an ad on LinkedIn or Facebook mm -hmm. where, which we can't do in cannabis mostly now. Um, yeah. But if you, you know, you can run a LinkedIn ad and say, Hey, I'm targeting, uh, you know, if you're B2B folks, 25 plus who are marketing professionals in Colorado um, within your followers. And then once you target them directly, so we'll call that that first party data, like these folks already follow us, LinkedIn can help scan their whole database and find that mm -hmm. like audience. So you're basically saying it's the same thing, um, but using more aggregate customer, um, bigger databases. Yeah, exactly. And so like everything is at scale and anonymized. So it's not like we're going and looking at any individual like, oh, this, you know, Matt is like John. It's more at a at a at an aggregate level across tens of thousands of of consumers, uh, and then mapping it back to success. I think is is the biggest key. So understanding like have these people made a purchase, and what are the attributes that they possess that look like other people? Um, so yeah, it's a very similar process. I think it's something that you know, as you mentioned, the Facebooks, Googles, LinkedIn's of the world definitely offer kind of natively in in their platforms as well. Um, and, and yeah, I've, I've seen it be a super powerful tool, uh, both in cannabis, you know, we're, we're running lookalikes across most of our campaigns today. Um, but then pr previously working with, you know, direct to consumer brands, like, a Bomba socks, we would do the, the, the same sort of, uh, strategy and it, it really helps, um, find, find net new users, uh, who are going to match kind of that, that overall profile of, of your current and best customers. And are there any trends or attributes you've seen that have sort of stuck out or like you've noted as far as like, oh, I didn't think, you know, this was going to work or this customer base would be interested, but like, can you speak to any trends you've seen or any data that's maybe surprised you or um, is, is noteworthy from all the campaigns that you've run? Yeah. I mean, I think there's lots of, of, of interesting trends that we've seen in terms of like individual people like we're very cognizant of of PII and data security so we're not really looking and, and seeing like oh these 10 people do xyz it's it's all anonymized and 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 kind of um almost like locked away in a in, in a machine learning algorithm so we it's which makes it very like privacy friendly and safe because again we're not analyzing like any individual people and, yeah. and what they're doing um but yeah, I think in, in, in general, you know, we have seen uh, a, a, a pretty broad set of profiles of, of people that are engaging and interested in, in, in cannabis across kind of age ranges, um, household incomes and, and, and uh, genders as well. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's, we've actually seen a lot of success across different profiles. Um, relative to what, you know, you might expect historically, uh, in, in, in the space. Nice. And you had talked about measuring success. I want to get into mm -hmm. that a little bit. So how do you measure success on these campaigns? How do you go from saying, okay, this attribution, right? How do you say like this ad is what made Lisa, you know, walk in the door and purchase, you know, this brand of edibles how do you kind of measure success and what are some of the ways in which you look at it? Yeah, I, we are definitely very success action oriented. You know, I think uh, 
in, in, in general, especially nowadays, like there's a ton of value in brand awareness and education um, and kind of building up that brand equity. Uh, but, you know, given macroeconomic trends, like I think results are, are super important as well. So we look very closely at uh, are we driving people into stores like physically and are we driving online sales and online purchases? And so we, we use our, our kind of Surfside, we call it our Surfside experience graph. And we have our, our kind of closed loop attribution system that allows us to understand, okay, you know, you were exposed to this ad, then you clicked on it, then you physically went into a store uh, and, and made a purchase. Or then online, you went and you checked out, you went through the, the, the checkout process and you bought uh, some edibles or a vape or flour, et cetera. So, um, it's, it's something that we are doing literally daily and in, in our, our kind of optimizations and, and ad ops team is looking into because we do know how precious, uh, our customers marketing dollars are. Um, and, and, and we, we want to make sure we're leveraging them as effectively as possible. So I think it like, it, it goes back to starting with the, the full funnel approach and understanding, okay, like if we do want to do a top of funnel campaign, that's great. Like let's do some video ads let's let's do some connected tv stuff where you're not going to generally like if you're watching on whatever roku on your tv you're not going to click into anything and immediately make a purchase but it can be super helpful from an educational standpoint um and then what we want to do is kind of push people down the funnel and continue to show them relevant ads and okay great now maybe they've been exposed to a video so whether it's the next day, next hour, next month, uh, show them other ads that they can engage with uh, and, and actually make those specific purchases again, whether online or, or if we want to drive people directly into a store to complete a transaction. And then from an attribution standpoint, you know, because we have integrations with uh, some of the point of sale providers um, and uh, as well as like the, the kind of digital e-com uh, providers, website building softwares as well, we're able to understand, uh, again, in like that anonymized, very privacy friendly, no PII analysis kind of way, um, who, who has actually been exposed and or clicked on an ad and then completed the actual transaction. That makes sense. And when you, I want to also talk about costs a little bit, cause I think mm -hmm. some folks, um, either don't understand it or think it may be out of reach. Like, how do you approach, how do you charge for this? Like, how do you approach cost and like, what can marketers, you know, expect to spend um, until they see results? Yeah. Um, you know, so we charge on like the, right now, the traditional CPM model. So it costs per a thousand impressions. Um, I think we're definitely exploring other sorts of, uh, of, of, of models more like SaaS type uh, monthly fees on, on a go forward. Um, but I think the key here is, is really understanding the, the lifetime value of the customers that you're, we're, we're reaching together or that are, are being driven into, into stores or, or, or making purchases online because uh, it, it really is all about that, that long-term return. So, you know, we'll, we'll generally have like a ramp up period, something like uh, two to four weeks where we're understanding like what's working, what's not. Um, is there certain messaging that we're, 
that we're, that we're serving that it is or is not resonating? And then can we lean deeper into what's working and pull back on what's not? Um, and then usually, I mean, we, we like to see a positive return uh, after a month or two. And from there, we can really start to build because we understand the, the users that we're driving into the funnel. And then we can kind of keep pushing them down deeper with the, the the messages that do resonate. So really incentivizing them to not just make a first, first purchase, or maybe you offer something like, oh, 15% off for, for new customers, um, but then use that information to continue to uh, incentivize repeat purchases as well down, down the road. So, you know, I think we, we like to see uh, a, a positive return, as I was saying, relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, and then I do think it's super important for, for, for brands to do a lot of analysis on their individual customers in, in their first party databases, because they can see, and, and we can help provide some of this data from our end too, you know, how many ads are they actually being shown? When are they being shown an ad relative to when they're making a purchase? Um, and then are they coming back, right? Are they making multiple purchases? Uh, and it, it, it's so, so, you know, kind of where I, where I started the first party data and being on top of it is, is super, super important uh, to ensure that we are running, you know, profitable campaigns for, for our customers. That makes sense. And so are you, so it sounds like you're running AB tests in the sense where mm -hmm. like you're running a few different ads in saying, okay, you know, copy's a little bit different on this one. And then you're able to help those brands analyze the results and thin it out to what's working and double down on that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's super important also to uh, continue to, lights keep going off here, yeah. um, continue to, to test different creatives. Um, you know, there are generally some best practices that will work across the board. So you do want to have really strong calls to action, shop now, discounts for first time customers, whatever it may be. Um, but then we definitely like to run a bunch of different creative concepts. Like I'll usually recommend like three to five different concepts, meaning different imagery, perhaps a different landing page uh, or, or, or a call to action. Um, and, and you and, guys help put those together. Yeah. So we, we have a, what we call like our, our Surfside studio. Um, and we have a bunch of in-house designers and a team that will put together uh, all sorts of, of different formats of, of ads. So like I mentioned before, there's like the traditional kind of standard banners that we see have a ton of scale and, and do perform well across the web. But we've also seen, um, especially for dispensaries, the uh, more interactive units work really well, like the, the technical terms, like rich media, um, but things like a tap to map where you can click in and actually see now here are the dispensaries in the in the areas around me or here are the specific brands dispensaries um because i do think that awareness is 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 super important as states continue to legalize you know recreationally or medicinally um because people just don't know where to where to even go right now and who, who to trust so if, if you can get in front of consumers with hey you know here's this really nice looking ad that that uh, actually shows me with a map where I need to go. Um, we've, we've seen really good results uh, with, with, with units like that. 
That's interesting. And so you're working with brands and retailers mm-hmm. in that sense? Yes. Okay. And do you have um, different strategies for them? Like, are there kind of best practices where for, re- like you were saying with maps, that's something to think about it. Like for retailers, you want to physically, for example, direct people there. Um, mm-hmm. Like, are there different sort of approaches as far as what you're testing for a brand versus a retailer or any best practices that distinguish them? Yeah, I think in in general, like what we'll want to do is take a step back and understand the the customer and their positioning in the market um, and what they're really trying to achieve. So, for example, if somebody is um, not doing a ton of direct to consumer purchasing online, like through their website, will likely want to start and focus with, okay, let's drive people into your actual dispensaries in, in your stores. On the other hand, you know, we're working with some brands that have really strong online presence. And if that's the case, and they've got, you know, a really nicely built out website and uh, a a really kind of seamless checkout and user experience, um, then we, we, we might want to focus more on sort of those, uh, online transactions and getting people to buy right there. So it it will sort of depend on the customer where they are in the market like strategically but but also even where they are physically, right? Are they in yeah. an urban area surrounded by tons of other stores, bars, restaurants, places where we can show ads or is it more uh, rural where okay, we need to figure out how do we find people uh that are going to make the journey whatever it is, 45 minutes or an hour to a specific store. So, you know, there's definitely no one size fits all approach. And I think the key is, is taking that step back and understanding, you know, where, where, where are you as a, as a brand, um, physically, digitally, et cetera, in order to kind of put together uh, a a program that that's going to drive success. And that's going to kind of allow us to build over time. Did you know that custom Instagram filters are a fun way to get lots of organic reach and work great with reels? Get a unique Instagram filter for your brand from Alter Strategies. Don't need one yourself? Alter offers commissions on referrals if you know any brands that do. Call Wes at 866-473-6668. Yeah, and I was going to, that's interesting you say that. I was going to say, so I get asked a lot that one size fits all question where mm-hmm. people ask me, what is you know the best marketing channel you've seen? And I have a similar answer where I always say, you know, let's, let's take it a step back, right? Who is, who are your customers? Where are they? Where are they consuming media? Do you have this information and your buyer personas? Yeah. And then are you targeting them accordingly? Like if your customers are, you know, on this platform or these websites, but you're not targeting them there, there's going to be a mismatch. It's not necessarily, again, one size fits all, all, or there's like a silver bullet to it. So um, along that line, is there any advice you have for cannabis marketers when they're first getting started um, into programmatic that is something maybe you run into with them that you're like, I have to explain this to all the clients. Like what's something you wish they knew a little bit earlier, or you feel is a misconception um, that would make them more successful in these approaches using programmatic? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. I think in general, it's being realistic about where you are and then depending on where you are, like that's where you need to start. Right. So if, if you do zero online transactions today, if nobody is purchasing online and they're just going directly into your store, 
nobody's going to be able to take you from zero to like a million overnight. So yeah. if that's the case, okay, let, let's figure out how do we get started and how we get started is probably more of that top funnel awareness videos, you know, get, get people to understand and interact with your, with your brand or even organic content too. Right. Like I, um, I follow Houseplant on, on Instagram and I think they do a great, great job of just like putting together really, really nice organic content that, that makes me want to engage with it. Um, so I think it's, it's all about having realistic expectations and then figuring out what strategies are best to start with. Like it's, it's the order of operations kind of problem. So you do need to start and raise awareness before you're going to just have a million people check out on, on your website. And I do think programmatic can be a, a great option for this because that's sort of the beauty of it is you can execute on any strategy that you want you just kind of have to know what it is that you want to execute on ahead of time. So I think it's really just about like, you know, sitting down uh, and thinking through realistically, where am I today? Where do I want to be in a a year or two? I want to build a big online presence. Awesome. There's, you know, tons of, of opportunities to do that both through organic, like managing your own Instagram page uh, and through paid channels as well, where you can reach people on uh, all sorts of connected TV, online video, or, or, or banner ads as, as well. Um, I do think awareness and, and education is, is super important, especially for, for cannabis right now, just because it's, there's so much opportunity, right? Like there's so much opportunity to become a brand that is, is like, like a name brand, the brand that people know about, that people are going to seek out. Um, because historically, you, you know, it's, it's it's been more, I think, about just buying up a, a product as opposed to saying, like, I want to purchase from this brand, right? In the yeah. same way, um, you know, I want to drink Casamigos tequila or whatever. Like, there's, there's a ton of opportunity to to kind of build up that, that brand. Yeah, so you're saying that Programmatic has the opportunity to achieve multiple marketing goals, whether mm-hmm. it's top of funnel, you know, just getting folks in, bringing awareness to the table, whether it's bottom of funnel, um, increasing conversions, or um, like increasing that customer lifetime value and getting them to come mm-hmm. back and uh, be repeat customers. So the technology exists for that, but it is about when you approach um, working with a programmatic company like Surfside that you're doing it with clear goals in mind, and then you create the strategy, the the copy, the creative, all of that, that is going to allow you to test those specific. Um, yeah, like the, the science exists. I think the key is the art to a certain extent, which is like, let's be it. realistic. And let's just start somewhere that is going to make sense for, for, for you. And that then plugs into the the, the tech that, that does exist. So um, I think for, for example, we, we talk a lot about like KPIs, again, in-store, we want to drive people in-store, we want to drive online conversions. Let's start with one, right? So what is most important to you today based on what, what presence that you do have? And there's no one-size-fits-all approach, but like I said, if nobody's buying online and everybody's going in-store, let's start there and let's understand what's working in terms of how do we continue to push people into your store continue to drive repeat customers or, or net new customers into your store um, while maybe you're doing some more organic stuff on your side of things to build up the 
the your your online presence. So really, I think the the only time that historically and and cannabis and non cannabis, I, I've seen you know brands struggle with programmatic or just digital in general is just when you bite off more than you can chew uh, from from the get go, and you're just like, I'm going to spend a billion dollars across all of these tactics. And then everything can kind of get muddied together. So I think it's it's all about setting realistic goals um, and then working towards achieving them. And then once you hit that milestone, continuing on and maybe it's further down the funnel, maybe it's a new product, wh wh whatever it may be. But I think it's it's really important to be very focused in terms of what you're trying to achieve, especially in a world where everybody has you know limited budgets and is trying to figure out what's the best way to deploy them. So the best way is always going to be um, choose one thing and let's do that really well. And then we can kind of build from from there once we've gotten this 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 one you know success uh, locked in. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you work with um, brands and re retailers together or in partnership where mm -hmm. I know they can do that in and they do in other channels, whether it's billboard advertising or um, you know, social media where they're working together and the brands are saying, you know, we want you, you can purchase us at this store. Um, is there room for that in programmatic? Do you see that at all? Or are you kind of just working with these businesses um, individually? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we actually have like a formal called a cannabis co-op program. Um, so we do a lot and, and we see this uh, and it's, it's been, I think, a great strategy outside of, of cannabis as well with like the Walmarts and Targets working with individual brands. But, um, you know, th there's a, a huge opportunity there to help the, the brands and, and dispensaries partner together um, to not just, OK, drive people into your, your store, but then really highlight specific brands that. Uh, you, you, you have a partnership with. So uh, we definitely facilitate uh, a lot of that over time um, with, with, with lots of different customers. Um, you know, again, I think it, it's, it's the success will, will sort of determine on the starting, determine from the starting point. Uh, so are, are, is, is this a, a net new brand to a dispensary? Is it something that people are already buying a lot of? And then just making sure that we have the right messaging relative to what that positioning is. Um, so yeah, I think the context of it is is always super important, and it's something that we especially highlight, you know, across our our, our managed services team and offering is like we want to understand uh, our, our customers and and what's working and what's not, so that we can put together the right the right offerings. Um, whether it's a, a, a co-op sort of situation or, or not. But um, yeah, we, we, we definitely see a, a, a lot of this sort of co-op partnership um, and, and we've seen a, a lot of success with it in the past, um, especially again, when, when messages are tailored. So like, okay, if this is a, a net new brand in the dispensary, we'll want to do like coordination, right? Between a digital ad and then when I walk in, you know, like kind of shove it in my face to a certain extent, like physically, right? Like if I saw this ad come by these amazing new edibles, I want to see them as soon as I walk in so I don't get distracted and then like go buy something else. Um, so I think the, the more coordination and like the more holistic we can kind of be, uh, the, the better performance we'll, we'll, we'll see overall. And is there anything you've noticed? You, you said you're fairly new to cannabis. 
Um, coming from your previous roles and ad tech, not in cannabis, any like major differences that you've seen um, in this industry versus the, the work you were, you were doing before? And if you don't mind, can you tell us a little bit about um, were there any specific industries or brands or uh types of companies that you worked with prior to joining cannabis and like what are any just similarities or differences? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, it's, it's mostly a lot of, of similarities, right? I think whether, you know, like I, I was, I was at live intent and we worked with Bomba socks and public rec pants and Wayfair. And, and at the end of the day, they're, they're trying to achieve the same goals. Um, so it, it's, there's not too too much in terms of like major fundamental differences i've i've noticed certainly there's like a lot of nuances and all of the state regulations what you can and can't show and i think um you know even looking at someone like a, a jewel for example where they they got into you know a huge lawsuit for yeah. uh, marketing to underage people so you know there's definitely like lines that we want to be careful not to cross um but really, I think it's it's mostly just a great education opportunity uh, for for cannabis brands because they can kind of look to what's working across all all of these other spaces and 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 try and and replicate it. Right? Um, if you go onto Bombas's site, there's they're going to offer you know a lot of the same stuff that cannabis brands should offer: discounts for first time customers, sign up for this for for an email list, and you'll get whatever deals in, uh, uh, in, in your inbox delivered daily. So I really see a lot of similarities overall. And I think it's, it's super important to kind of study what's, what's worked and what, what hasn't for a lot of these non-cannabis brands, because that, that's, what's going to give you, you know, a, a leg up in, in the space. Um, and, you know, I definitely think when you look at some of the alcohol brands and you can kind of see what has worked really well for, for, for them. Um, I think quality overall has had a huge um, like come up. It's just across all industries, right? I think people are looking for, I'd rather buy yeah, yeah le less of something at a higher quality than just like, give me, you know, six gallons of gin, whatever, like, no, I want to buy Ryan Reynolds, 88 or gin, whatever it is. Um, so I do think, yeah, there's there's a ton of, of opportunity to align around quality and like tr trusted brand because then people will feel comfortable going into your 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 store or purchasing from your 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 brand on online, especially when you know, I think overall cannabis marketing, it's it's still really in, in its infancy of what it can be over the next three to five years as, as we really take advantage of, of the technology and just the strategies that, that have worked across uh, a, a lot of these, these other industries. So the, the good news is I think um, a lot of these paths have kind of been walked down before by brands from, from totally different, different spaces. And, you know, what I, what I would really recommend and, you know, what I've done uh, in my, my personal life too is, is, is look and see what has, what has worked what what's resonated with like with with me um and then try and try try and replicate that uh because you, you don't need to to reinvent the wheel and, and uh, the, the tried and true strategies um will, will 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 generally apply across industries is what what i've seen for sure i'm glad you said that i was i was going to if you had it in the sense where um 
I, I get asked a lot, and we talk about this a lot about, like I said, you know, what are the best strategies? What's the best channel? And the strategies are what they are. They they work and they exist. The nuance around cannabis is the product, the education, and the messaging. Where yes. you know, it's not whether programmatic works or social advertising works. It's how are you communicating that product value, whether it's quality, whether it's effect, um, you know, whatever that differentiator is. And then if there are gaps between your target audience, um, you know, whether that's top of funnel, most likely top of funnel, um, mm-hmm. or not. Are you able to educate them and meet them where they're at and answer their questions and be a resource so that when they see an ad, they're not, um, you know, that may be their first step to clicking through to your site, but they can actually learn more, get those questions answered, because sometimes it's it does pique the curiosity and it gets you thinking, oh, I want to learn more and I want to see more about this. But you need sort of that educational content or um, those resources to make folks feel really comfortable that they are actually going to go in and and make that decision, D- particularly for new brands, um, yeah. you know, who are just getting started or uh, folks who don't have that established, you know, kind of trust and credibility if they're newer to the market or really focused on top of funnel. So I think- Yeah. And you can yeah. build strategies around that too, right? And this is something that I've seen have a ton of success outside and, and we're and starting to do it inside of cannabis too. It's just like, here are the five reasons why this is the best pant you should buy. Here are the five reasons why this vaporizer will change your life, right? And then click on it and then understand and educate what, what, what why should I buy this? Why should I engage with this product? Um, so, you know, those, those strategies have been, especially like I think in the direct to consumer uh, good space, there's, there's been a lot of that over the last, I don't know, five years or so, especially as like native as a channel has, has really picked up. Um, but if you want to educate people, right, like you need to have ads and messaging that actually educates them. Yeah. So it's, it's always just about like matching consumers with where they are in, in the customer journey, so to speak, of like, if they need to be educated, like educate them, right, as opposed to just hoping that they are going to engage with your, you know, buy this, buy this vape, why? Uh, you know, like, t- tell me why I should buy it. Help me understand why is this better than like the 20 other vapes that are out on the market or that if I just walk into a store, I'm, I'm probably going to ask, you know, a bud tender, like, Hey, which, what should I buy here? What, why is this? What, why do I do? What do you recommend if I want this or I want that, whatever it is. Um, and I think we can do all that in, in digital. Uh, and it, it just needs to kind of be like thought out ahead of time so that we can match the the buying and the strategies with where customers are relative to, to, to your brand. And I want to come back to, you had mentioned compliance um, mm-hmm. earlier and how there's nuance with the different states and what they allow and what you can show. Are there checks within um, Surfside technology or how do you approach that? Like, is it within the stu- Surfside studio where, you know, when they're coming up with an ad, it, it goes through a compliance process or is that, um, an automated yeah. thing? Like, can you just talk through ensuring how that is insured for your customers? Yeah. I mean, we, we basically have like a, uh, almost like a database by state of here, here are the different rules and regulations. Here's what we need to do to make sure in Pennsylvania versus Massachusetts versus Florida, what can both be on ads um, and what needs to be kind of behind it in Massachusetts, we know we need to have disclaimers on, on the ads. So, you know, re- really we 
because we're actually building a lot of the the ads for our customers, we're we're kind of able to like build in compliance because we, you know, our, our team is is trained on it, understands it, and then has the resources to know, okay, like this is what we have to do in in, in each of these markets. So really our goal is not to have to need any sort of like automated check and balance because we want to submit something that is compliant from the get-go. And you know, the the, the plat there's also nuances in the platforms themselves. So there are certain publishers who are who will work with like supply partners um who say like, you know, we can't there's there's can't have any flower in our in our ads. And so because we know that nuance, we can create an ad that's going to be be able to be approved on those partners and, and able to run. So you don't run into like well, why did I launch this? And now I haven't spent any money and I don't see any results and no, nothing's happening here. So, um, you know, we, we try and almost like cut it, cut it off before it can, can get started by just making sure that we're, we're building ads for the markets themselves that are compliant with the, the rules and, and, and regulations. So we've, we've invested a lot of time in, in making sure that it's, uh, it's, it's very explicit across our, our organization. And you're saying like from the publisher side, regardless of the laws, if they're just like, we don't want flower being shown that you're able yes. to accommodate both. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think over time, this is where we definitely want to work to move the publishers and help educate them in terms of uh, what, why this is not, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I think because everything is sort of still in its infancy here and, and, and obviously state by state, there's different rules. So a lot of publishers, I think, will take um, a blanket approach to, to lower risk. And so we're able to accommodate that out of the gate and make sure that we can you know, buy on all of the channels and all of the publishers that um, e even if they have very specific rules in place, we're, we're, we've got an ad to match that, basically. That makes sense. Okay, Matt, well, before we wrap up, is there any um, lessons learned, anything you wish you knew, uh, anything you learned the hard way, you know, now that you're five months into your cannabis experience, like, oh, I thought it was going to be like this, or it's like this, like any advice you would give earlier stage cannabis marketers or entrepreneurs, um, given everything that you know now? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, um, marketing is is going to continue to play a huge role in who will succeed and and who won't in the space um i i really think it's just about like there hasn't been any massive surprises it's like oh my god i can't believe that that this is what I, i've gotten into and i think having that experience and understanding what has worked in in some of these other spaces has been you know hugely beneficial for for me and something I would, I would recommend really to, um, to all kind of young or ca cannabis marketers is, is look and see what has worked elsewhere. Um, because it, it is going to, it, it, it's going to work here in, in cannabis as, as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think it's that, yeah, there, there, there's no, I think specific challenges really that, that I've, I've, seen or, or faced that that have surprised me um you know i think it's mostly just about continuing to educate consumers and brands and publishers across the space so that uh it can it can just become more of a mainstream uh you know marketing 
channel uh, for 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 brands. So yeah, I mean nothing nothing too too crazy comes to mind there. I guess. Nice. Okay. Well, is there any contact information you want to share for either yourself or Surfside website, social handles, things like that, for how our audience um, can get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, we're at surfside.io. Uh, you can definitely contact us there directly. You can send an email to uh, hello at surfside.io. Um, or feel free to reach out to me on on, on LinkedIn as well, uh, Matthew Shate. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely the best way to to to, to find us is head to surfside.io and and feel free to 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 shoot us a note, um, and we'll we'll definitely get back to you as quickly as possible. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights and everything you've learned. It's really much appreciated. Um, and I'm glad that you haven't had any wild surprises in cannabis. So no, it's been it great. Really thank you for having you. me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Follow us on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer and on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com. Check out our website for more details and membership information. We'll see you next time.